They want attacking purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight, and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the gaps and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And puts Graham back in front. I don't know about you guys, but if I see one bloke walk out of here, give the pat on back from people out there for a good effort, I'll spill up. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. Hey, Pack, welcome to Danny Boyd's podcast about the most spectacular, most wonderful, most sensational football club known to man. That is the Footscray Football Club. It's probably your team, considering you listen, you're listening to this. They trade as Western Bulldogs. I'm Danny McGinley. He's Tom Boyd. Uh, we're in the same room. Boydie, you're back on your feet. You, you've, you've, you've had surgery. Yeah, it's a bit like the word back sounds like a pun when people use it with me at the moment, given my recent troubles. But also, you know, all of those adjectives that you just used to describe our great Footscray Football Club, I wouldn't use to describe our tech capabilities here. This is about the fourth go we've had at recording hey. this. So, so, um, it's good to be here. It's great to be back. And look, this is the first time in the men's side of things, at least, that there's been really anything to talk about in nearing on six weeks. Yeah, actually, let's just put a little um, a, a, a precursor to the show, a little apologies at the start. Um, we actively don't want to talk about the AFLW side. It's so depressing. It's so depressing. It, well, it can't be as depressing as this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Okay. I managed to catch the West Coast AFLW coach go oh, out there yeah. and be like, why are we playing the best team from last year? There's only 10 games and there's 18 rounds, 18 teams. How in the world are we playing? Like, what are you talking about, mate? You can never say we shouldn't play the best teams, no matter what the fixture is. That is just so dumb. I think he wants to bring in grading games at the start of the season just oh to work God. out the fixture. That's a good idea. Anyway, um, we get right now, let's uh, give full disclosure. It is 10 past seven on Wednesday night. Trade week lasts for another 20 minutes. We want it to be like a, a real football broadcast where just as news is coming in, we're going to be reacting to it. By the time you listen, you know what's about to happen. We assume nothing. But well, but the assumption usually at this time, this is when all the trades go through. That's in, true, in my experience. But what, it doesn't look like there's any trades left. So. What time did you go through? Oh, I went through about an hour and a half, two hours left. But back in the day, in in 2014, we had a four and a half month trade period, so it went forever. It was really? like it was, was like the week only that no, recent. It was three weeks. It yeah, was three oh, weeks yeah. back then. Or two and a half. And then we ended up, I ended up going um, maybe 90 minutes before the end, which was 2 p.m. on a Thursday, I think this thing finished. So we've been through the many weird and wonderful versions of this here draft uh, and, and trade week, but um, I like the shortened version. Speeds yeah, things up a bit. Well, considering we are, it's like a live election coverage, There's, we will bring in the Anthony Green of the AFL, uh, the man who, who's just got his finger on the pulse. And I know this because I'm in a WhatsApp group with him, and it's hourly the updates you get from this man. Chaz Lichardello. Welcome back to Danny Boyd, mate. Uh, considering your TV show is up and about at the moment, uh, 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 what WTFAQ ABCs Wednesdays seven thirty nine o'clock nine o'clock that's the one after bedtime, Chaz. Sorry to tell you, I've got a, I've got an eighteen month old at home. That's okay. Watch the night view. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do, mate. I I got a first question for you. Um, for that crazy uh, uh, trade coverage whiteboard that you've got behind you that none of our fans can see, how many different <laughs> coloured textures do you have for that whiteboard? <laughs> there, are, there are a lot of different colours. That is true. <laughs> I, I have 
only have three. I only have three, but I use them liberally. <laughs> what, and so how how's this? Because normally I assume, Chaz, you use Anthony Green's um, little uh, button pressing thing, but he's had to use it for the referendum. How have you survived Trade Week? <laughs> and uh, ultimately, are you happy with what the dogs have done over the past uh, seven, ten days? Okay, well, the first thing is it hasn't been too hard to, to follow the trades this trade week. It hasn't exactly been frenetic, to be honest. Uh, in terms of what how we've gone, my, my, my sort of from 40,000 feet kind of assessment is we have some potentially handy pickups if we don't rate the people coming through who are already in the team. Mm. But uh, the, like there's a bit of like, for instance, I mean, we'll get to them, but for instance, Nick, Nick Caulfield is playing the exact position that Luke Cleary is playing in the reserves. So do we rate Luke Cleary or not? Why isn't Luke Cleary ever getting played in the seniors? If he's, if he, if we don't rate him, then Nick Caulfield's great. We got him for nothing. If we do rate Luke Cleary, Luke Cleary then why are we doubling up? And as far as the, the big trade goes, which was we traded three first rounders for Pick four, which is going to be pick six, presumably. And the dogs are suggesting it's going to be a uh, small forward. I'm a bit nervous about that. We better do well next year because if we just traded pick 10, pick 17, and next year pick, say, six or seven for pick four. And we pick 18, Chaz. When we win the flag, you get pick Yeah, 18. that's right. Let's yeah, hope. And, Let's hope. And also the dogs are saying they're not saying we're going to pick up a small forward. They're positioning that we're going to pick up a, the second coming of Bont. That's the that's the PR <laughs> campaign that's going on here. We're going to get another Marcus. The amount of times, and again, I've been exposed to these forums at a time when I'm you know psychologically stable enough to deal with them, and that has been an absolute eye-opener. The amount of times that I've seen in these forums, you know what happened the last time we had pick four, don't you? <laughs> it's like this, like you don't say the name, but you just allude to the previous circumstance that worked out so well for us. Sure. I can't imagine like... There's not going to be another bot there, but if How we go for a small, another, if we go for another small forward, I don't. Uh, it's an interesting thought process. We got one of the best small forwards in the competition already. We do. Um, we do. But Bevo does seem to have this a, a real attraction to trying to find some speed and pressure up in that half of the ground, and maybe the thought process is if we're going to play three big tools down there, we're going to need three elite small forwards to be able to deal with the, the pressure and, and goal-kicking side of things. And to be fair, to be fair, I think I think Cody doesn't play like a small forward. He is a literally small forward, but he plays like a small tall forward. Like he, yeah. like he likes to go for marks and all the rest of it. So I can understand that they would want a pressure small forward who's a bit, a bit more of a crummer. Like Cody's not a crummer. But there wasn't like, that the Arthur Jones, like, wasn't he supposed to play up there? Like that, this I, is exactly my point, Tom. This is one of my examples. Do we rate Arthur Jones or not? Because that's what he's meant to be. Yeah, <laughs> and look, we're obviously alluding to the future of what that pick will end up being without actually knowing. And, yeah. and it never goes as simple as possible. There's always some to- – I mean, Bond, for instance, in that draft was a complete left-of-centre decision that basically was a certainty 24 hours out from the draft, which, mm. as my clock has it, that's still you know that's still over a month away. So I don't, that'll probably be the thing that the Dogs fans are holding on to over the next little bit. But I think that probably the biggest concern for me is – um, we obviously lost the big fella over to Port, Jordan Sweet, over mm. the course of the last five or six hours. Who's going to ruck if Tim gets injured? Yeah. Bont. <laughs> Bont will have to. Dunks plays for Brisbane exactly. now. We can't ruck Dunks anymore. Oh, so- yeah. Caleb Daniel. 
<laughs> Caleb Daniel has taken a ruck contest in his career. I'll what? Have when was that? I'm sure it's happened over the last little bit when he was the extra midfielder and no one was around. Something happened. <laughs> like, I, I, it genuinely concerns me because Tim took... So, I remember talking to Will, Will Minson about this. Is that Will played something like, um, you know, 44 games in two years, right? He played every single game. And if mm-hmm. they played any... He basically didn't miss... And he played 93, 94% ruck time the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he said that it was in the middle of the second year that he completely was fried. He took sort of that, like he, he lasted, hung on for a season, off season, pre-season, and then started through that next year, banging and crashing against these big guys in the ruck. And that's when he broke down. Now, Tim has essentially shouldered the ruck load for two years in a row now um, in a different way than Will. But we, we find ourselves in around 15 next year without a ruckman. Rory Lobb didn't ruck almost at all this year after they tried him for five or six games to start the season. Sam Darcy is 19 years old currently, or 20. It doesn't strike me that he's going to be able to shoulder the load. Like We're going to be completely exposed again in that position because we don't have some big guy just to go in there and wrestle. Yeah, look, I, I was going to say, I assume that they're, I assume they're thinking Sam Darcy, but he's very young. And, like, and if you look at his dad, it took him, what, Six years to get to that point. Well, that's that's no. normal of big blokes. Like we never got to see the the best bit of Boydy. You're like, yeah, you're you're how old now? Six seasons I got through. I'm 28 now. 28. So you'd be in perfect ruck condition. Maybe it's time to come back. <laughs> uh, my body is like 50. So <laughs> um, out of but, 10. But oh, it, but in all honesty, like one of the things, and look, I don't hold any gripes to the dogs now. But one of the things that cut my career short that is probably unspoken about is I rucked by myself essentially for two years. So through 2017 and 18, in almost every game that I played in the ones. I rucked by myself. Um, and if I had help with Ruffy playing sort of one or two or maybe three games a year at that stage before he moved to Collingwood, um, it, it breaks you down. It wears you down like no other position because you don't get to take a, 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 a contest off. You don't get to avoid contact for one session. You don't get to not go with your man and go into a marking contest in the Ford 50. You're always in a position where your teammates are directly relying on you. And that's not dissimilar to a lot of players on the ground, but you don't get a rest is my point and you don't get a physical rest and it took an absolute toll on my body very quickly because I went in there at the age of 21 or 22. So what are we is doing? Is it just going to have to be Rory Lobb? I mean... Yeah, but I, look, I mean, for all that Rory had some good games to finish the year, what I see when I see Rory in there is a guy who is waiting to get out of there to go play forward again. Because yeah. And look, I say that as someone who was doing that for a bit. I remember when I wanted to get out of the ruck. Like in 2016, I played 70% forward and 30% ruck, which was great. And I loved the 30%. The moment I got close to, let's say, 30% of a quarter, I was going, I'm starting to lose, like I'm starting to get fatigued. I'm starting to lose my speed and my zip and my jump, which was what was keeping me in the game as a forward. So I'm going, when can I get rough in, tap out and go down forward again? Like I remember doing that. So my issue is like Rory's very slight. He's obviously conditioned himself to be a running player that can play forward in the in the front half of the ground. And if you're going, hey, Rory, all of a sudden you're going to have to play 100 minutes in the ruck against Max Gorn or Brody Grundy up in Sydney. Now, any of these big guys, he's going to get worn down. It's so hard when you're giving up 15, 20 kilos to these guys. Mind you, you say, you know, worry about who's went, you know, back up ruck. How many games did Jordan Sweet get to play this year? Yeah, but Tim's been incredibly durable and been playing good footy. So he's like... Um, do you remember back in the Geelong days when, you know, Mark Blake would end up playing, but as soon as Brad Ottens or Stephen King was fit, they'd play those two guys. Right. So Jordan Sweet was a guy who was developing and he was four years in, probably to his career. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of Ruckman take – I mean, Max Gorn's a good example. Max Gorn didn't play any good footy until he was in his eighth season. Mm-hmm. 
And then even then he was a bit shaky because he's a big, tall, slender kind of guy. And, and Jordan's not slender. He's a big guy. But trying to work out how to make an impact in the ruck, is, it takes time. And he's behind the All-Australian Ruckman. So it doesn't surprise me because he you know, probably wasn't going to get used as a forward. Well, is there any Chaz? Are you looking at? Uh, are you still looking at the data? Like, uh, is there any late news coming in? We've got no. Uh, no, I'm looking at the live blog as it's as it's happening. Nothing's happening at the moment. So for, for anyone or just dogs? <laughs> no, I'm looking at overall. Nothing's happening at all. The last yeah. trade was 45 minutes ago. I did just uh, run into Sarah Ollie down at uh, the local uh, publican here, and she was saying, I just did two hours. Publican? Of ch- the publican's a person. Yeah, public house. Public house. Yes. I, and I ran it, and she goes, I just did two hours of trade radio, and the biggest thing that happened in that two hours was Jordan Sweet getting traded to Port Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit of a slow finish. So, like, I, thinking back, Chaz, you're, you're a connoisseur of the draft, and also the trade period. Um, this has got to be the lowest interest trade period that has gone through in probably it'd have to be six or seven years wouldn't it oh. no, like no one of note has moved really like I mean oh. I know we, we, we joked about Jack Ginnivan and I think that's interesting because he was a premiership player and mm. and he's and a the rumours the rumours abound and, and he's a big fan favourite we'll talk about getting caught in toilets we'll, and we'll, things we'll, like that we'll talk about the, the fan rumours on the Patreon everyone should sign up to that yeah 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 <laughs> um, this is a family broadcast but, the free to wear one but you know like Jack Ginnivan is not a top 30 player in the AFL. No, no, no I was going to, I, I, I was just saying beforehand, literally the the the, mo- the highest profile move during this period has been Tom Dode from Adelaide went free agency and it was a it was a end of the first rounder pick for um for Adelaide. That's it. That's yeah, that, and Tom Dode is the lowest profile person on Adelaide's list even though he's very good. It's not exactly so, Judd to Carlton, is it? No, nah, the greatest no, litmus test the, the greatest litmus test of what's going on at the moment in terms of the lack of key or marquee players getting traded is that they just absolutely hyper focused on the draft. Like, yeah. no, they're just non-stop talking about, um, you know, the, the the top five or six picks and what's going to happen and, you know, they're not even paying attention for the most part to the trade period. But, but the thing that's so weird to me about this, Tom, maybe you can shed some light on this, is that one of the reasons that we gave for our big trade, the the pick 10, pick 17, first, future first rounder for pick four, was that the, the feeling was that the first six or seven players in the draft were much, much better than the other players afterwards. So pick 10, which would end up being pick 12 or pick 13 anyway, wasn't really that good a pick. But at the same time, Geelong, they just, for, for Radagalia, they just, they just picked, they just took pick 76 as part of their deal with an intent to use it. They intend to use pick 76. Yeah, so I don't know how that works. Yeah, <laughs> like, how are people trading pick 10? Because I think it's going to be rubbish. But Geelong, who, as we all know, are very good at drafting people, are going for pick 76. Let me let me deal with Geelong first. So Stephen Wells will have some bloke playing for Mort Lake Seconds, who is an absolute <laughs> superstar in the making. He'll end up being the next Mitch Duncan. That's why he's done that. And... The rest of the club, so uh, like a lot of the decision-making now, so there's a few things, and again, I'm not an expert on this, but there's a few things that come into to mind. So there's obviously this like point system associated with the draft. so Which you know, is so baffling to a so normal confusing. civilian. And, and look, 
I mean, some people didn't. I, I read today that Essendon completely stuffed up one of their. Um, oh no! Tra- how dare you, Tom Boyd? Essendon have won trade week for the fifteenth year in a row. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they're the kept, big winners. They kept Dylan Shield, and, and then apparently something happened today where Essendon was supposed to do something from a process point of view with the draft, and they stuffed it up. And now this guy's a delisted free agent that oh, they can't no. do anything with. Jade so, Gresham. They got Jade Gresham. Actually, re- I, I look it up, but I was reading um, the sort of start of the article about today. And it was just like these guys have made an absolute monumental error. Have they? Can we use it as a verb? Did they essence in it? They did essence it a bit. <laughs> um, but so, they, so there's this points thing where, and there's also the salaries that are attached to that, which is sometimes like clubs are looking to bolster up certain parts of their list, right? So they've got a pie graph of some description going. We've got these many A graders. That's good. We've got a really skinny sliver of this pie in our you know 15 to 25th best players on the list. So we're going to trade out a top 10 and we're going to try and pick up a seven t- number 17, number 22 or whatever it is to try and find two really good role players that we're confident will play 150, 200 games. Now, the problem with that is the draft is an absolute shit show where no one knows <laughs> anything about whether anyone's ever going to be any good. But with us, my understanding would be or my, my consideration would be we think that we're only one or two really key players away and we've seen someone in the draft that we're going, if we had this player, we'd be in with a chance to win next year. Now, in my mind, and I, I was listening to uh, one of the experts of the NFL talk about this recently, I think it's a really important thing. Every time your club thinks they're one player away, they're not. Uh-oh. They're like five or six players. Because it is an absolute farce to think that you can just grab one player and it's going to change your fortunes. Because yeah. there's 18 players on the field, there's four, and like it's too hard. Yeah, I was going to ask you. That's the next question I was going to ask you, Tom. I, I from a from once again from a twenty thousand feet kind of point of view, I worry that the club thinks that we are closer to the premiership than we actually are. Yes, like I worry that we're tracking our first rounders for next year because we're so sure that that our first rounder next year will be will be worth not much. Um, we we're this is like the the three out of the last four drafts. We are only drafting two players or less. Like the uh, like the like obviously we needed to to trade a lot of a lot of our draft picks away for for Jamara Yuga Hagen and for Sam Darcy and we're doing it again for pick four yep. now and so so we're not getting bulk we're not getting bulk there is a huge generation gap forming in our amongst our younger players because we're only getting one or two players per year they're not all going to pan out right and so. Yep. This period here of this four-year period, we've got almost no one, which means if we don't, if we're not in premiership contention next year or the year after, we're going to rocket down the ladder as after that because we've just got this huge generation gap forming. And I'm a bit worried about that. I feel like, especially I know I've said on this on this podcast many times, I'm worried about our midfield going forward. We've still got a good midfield, but every year I think it's getting worse. Yep. I think it was it was by a mile the best midfield a few years back, whereas Middle now I think it's like fifth or sixth. Yeah. And I think next year it's going to – and I think it's going to go down It's trending downward. Like the moment we're so reliant on Bond. And I'm worried our club thinks we're closer than we are. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think if we – so um, so to the midfield point, hmm. for us to improve in the middle of the ground – there's only really two or three things that need to happen. The first is we're relying on 31-year-olds to play the best year of footy they've played in a long time. And did yeah. happen this year with Libba. Which happened with Libba, but we're asking Adam Trelaw, 
Mm. Or we're asking, you know, suddenly, obviously not 31, but much younger, but as in we're asking Bailey Smith to become a premier midfielder. He hasn't shown that consistently yet. As good a player as he is and as popular as he is, being a a great midfielder all the time is something that takes, you know, a very special person to be. Now, I think he's a very special player, but that's not to say he's going to be a very special midfielder. And it hasn't shown that Bevo trusts him in there. It hasn't shown that Bevo trusts Jack McRae in there anymore. So who's going to make up the composition of our A-grade midfield that we're relying on? The second point would be, so what do we trade, uh, Chaz, for this pick for? 10 and 17, is that what you said? 10 and 17 and our future first round. Right, so we're talking about, like, let's say we finish middle of the road like we did uh, this year. Yep. We're trading somewhere between, what, pick 10 and pick 8, pick yep. 7. Yep. So then you're looking at two picks in the top 10, a pick 17, um, that's a pretty hefty price. Like that, typically speaking, in the top ten in particular, you should get a you know, 150 game player. Yeah. Um, and in particular, if you're picking guys who are you know um, position specific, you should get a really good position specific player, whether that be a midfielder, or a winger, or a key position, or whatever it may be. So, you know, the the, the ball is in our court where. If we have a horror run next year, we're going to have absolutely sold the farm for this one player. Yeah. And if we have a great run, it'll look like a stroke of genius. Um, <laughs> so, and, and he plays really well, right? So, again, it's like we can forecast into the future. But I, I really, really thought that the comment around if you think you're one player away, you're, more, you're not, is something that I think every club has proven is an absolute fact in the AFL for the last 10 years. But but surely no one's expecting whoever we get at pick four. Do we know who it's going to be or is it just still speculation? Well, I mean, well, what, what the what, – I mean, as, as Tom said, who knows how it pans out, but the suggestion is there's going to be Nick Watson. Like the dogs have expressed an interest in Nick Watson. And okay. He's a small forward. Right. So, and, and when do we get Croft? Croft is supposed to be in the teens. Right, okay, with our pick. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the kind of that's the, the dark horse in this mix, right? Mm. Well, but surely no one thinks, if you, even if they say we're one player away, it's not going to be a kid who we just drafted, you know, a few weeks ago. Bont, you know, didn't arrive on the scene until, like, you know, round yeah, yeah, 18. But, but don't think about Absolutely. it. We're, we're, we're not saying he's going to be the difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, but as so. in, we're acting like it's the difference. Oh, no. Right, because we're, 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 if, if you trade away your future pick to next year, the first round pick, and you trade away two picks in the top 17, you're basically saying this guy is worth three top 20 players, top 18 players in the next two years, which is yeah. to say this guy has to be one of our top five or six best players next yeah, year. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, three, three first rounders, that, that could be our entire midfield in, in our first rotation of our midfield in four years' time that we have traded away for this one guy, right? And I'm looking at, I mean, like you mentioned the the relying on 31-year-olds and stuff. Like I'm just looking at, apart from our first rotation of midfield, which is Bont, Libba, uh, Caleb Daniel this year was going in there, uh, Bailey Smith, McRae, Trelaw, uh, apart from them, and they're all old, you got the next Caleb's the next level for us is Riley West, Caleb Poulter, Oscar Baker, Garcia, Rourke, Smith, and Bedendo. Okay, now Bedendo, I'm not trashing Bedendo them all. I think Riley yet. West could easily be a really good midfielder. Agreed. Okay, I'm not, but I'm just saying we are we're really relying on increasingly on older players who have really carried a lot of load. And I think this adds Chaz to the point, right? This the it don't listen to what they say, listen to what they do. And and the club has said we're gonna you know we're gonna trade our future high round picks in the next so this year and next year, mm. and. We've got an aging midfield that we currently can't replace. Like if we, if so, God forbid something happened to Liver, yeah. what what does our midfield really look like then? 
in terms of like form from 2023? Not much, right? Like Bond obviously is an absolute outlier in every sense of the word. Yeah. But it's a mix. Take take the individual performance. I'm not here to knock the players who play in the midfield. But think about the team performance that we had this year, which was underwhelming. And in key games, we got smashed through the middle of the ground. Yeah. So take our best clearance player and the, one of the best clearance players arguably ever and certainly one of the best dogs clearance players ever out of that mix or something happens to Trelaw or something happens to McRae or we just don't get the form out of those guys. What are we, what are we going to do? We don't have players who can just step in and take over that role like we used to. So I think that's the concerning thing is like, okay, well, to your point, this guy's pick four. It's not fair that we ask him to be our best player next year. If he's our best player in three years, great. But there's not going to be anyone left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I think that's the real concern because you can find midfielders in the high parts of the draft every single year who will play good football for you in their first two seasons. But uh, usually you can find three of them, right? Yeah. I was just going to say, to, to Danny's point about, yeah, let's not expect this guy to be to be, to be lifting the side next year. Absolutely not. And to be, to be, to be a bit more optimistic than I've been, there, like, there are a lot of reasons why we could be a lot better next year. Like, for instance, Sam Darcy... Is yeah, he's getting to the age where like he might be able to deliver on the field if he get, if he's uninterrupted with injury. Uh, Buslinger should 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 be a lot better this year. He should be able to hold the position in the, in the in the back line. Um, like Juh and and Norton haven't yeah, I mean, really our, fired yeah. together yet. They are ready to go. Our forward line's going to be great. Like and yeah. that, but and that, like it's not what I'm like. Totally totally agree. To. Like we're going to have like and I had this argument when people said. Why in the world would you sign Aaron Norton for eight years? And I was sitting there going, how many blokes can you find in the league that can kick 45 to 50 goals in a down year and can play <laughs> centre-half back? And I, look, if they threw him to centre-half back next year and you were betting on the the All-Australian team, he would be a great dark horse to put your money on. Mm-hmm. How many of those in the league? Five, Maybe. So we've signed up there, and look, we've obviously got to sign up Tim, we've got to sign up Jamar. Our spine, you know, particularly if Sam can play fullback, which it sounds like is where they're going to play him, that is going to be phenomenal. The problem is everyone else out there, if our midfielders get old and leave, are going to be five foot six. <laughs> we've got the smallest, like, the guys we've drafted in the last three or four years are all midgets. Yep. Yeah. And if you look at the best midfielders in the comp, they're all big boys. Yeah. Melbourne's big. We're big when we play with our best players. Like yeah. all of the best teams have these big, massive midfielders who overwhelm teams. They don't run yeah. around with a bunch of like, you know, no offense to, because Bedendo sounds like a great kid. He's yeah. not going to be a midfielder in the AFL anytime soon. Well, not that we, we, has he got a game yet? Oh, no, that's, but they also, I'll tell you what, that's the other thing. One. This, this one. is the strange thing for the dogs, right? The best thing, like, and I'm not saying this is a, a Del Rimple versus whoever the key recruit. Who, no, but Del Rimple was the head recruiter, wasn't he? No. Yeah, is that? List, is there a difference between recruiter and list manager? manager. So, he was, oh, so right. Simon Del Rimple was the head recruiter, and then Jason McCartney was the list manager. Oh, right, and yeah. I, I think Sam knows what he's doing. It's nothing to do with Sam. I don't know who the um, head recruiter is at the moment. But the, when we drafted players in um, Del Rimple's era, we played them yeah. every year. There was always three or four of them who would get you know, minimum five to ten games. And in the last three or four, like, there's been guys come in for one game at a time and, you know, never really established themselves in any particular yeah. way. 
Well, that, yeah. in, in Bevo's defence, we were a lot more rubbish in the Dalrymple area <laughs> era, so they had to play these kids. Yeah, but think about you know Bailey Dale, obviously more recently, but Caleb Daniel, um, you know, Horse played a lot of football coming through the ranks. Uh, Aaron Norton played in his first year. I know these guys are good players, but they were picked at the same draft picks we've had recently. Yeah. Caleb Daniel was picked at forty four or something. Yep. Yeah, I, I, and also, I mean, it's it, I mean, part of the reason it's not like there aren't positions there. It's just it's just Bevo picks someone that, or I assume it's Bevo, picks someone he likes and keeps them there, like O'Donnell, for instance, okay, who may well be a great key position back down down the road. Like the like, but as soon as he was drafted from the from the from the uh, the mid season draft, he was in there and he just stayed there. And like, and, and I, I, I remind you of Luke Cleary, who I keep on wondering where the hell is he? Because I kept <laughs> on seeing that he was performing well in the VFL, and he just never seemed to play. Well, here's the here's the gamble for next year. Here's the uh, the bet for the three of us. We'll put a um, we'll put a stake night on it. All right. How many games does Harms play next year that he's <laughs> okay. available for? Well, okay. We so, can't all say 22. All right. By the way, <laughs> it's after 7.30. We're locked in now. We're locked in with uh, these. We've got Harms. We've got um, Caulfield. 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 We've yeah. given up half the picks in the world and we've gotten pick four. <laughs> yeah. So and we lost Jordan Sweet. And we lost Jordan Sweet. And we delisted Toby. Yeah, we need Oh, we need Have we delisted Rock yet? Because it sounded like they were going to do that for a bit there. Wait, we, there was no, rumours we were delisting Jack McRae at some point. And, and Crozier. Cause it sounds, what I read recently, which was... Rourke Smith and Hayden Crozier. It sounds like Hayden Crozier is more likely to get a deal, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we love Hayden, but we are, we're probably not taking that many picks in the draft anymore. So we've probably got a few extra slots that have opened up on the list. You know, Luke yeah. Cleary's well, played five got two games. New players coming in, oh, 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 and these and James Harms and Caulfield. So we've got four players coming in. But it's a serious question: How many games is James Harms going to play next year? Because he fits the mold, right? Absolutely yeah. to a T. Yeah. Okay, look, I, I don't know how to speculate over a potential player and everything because immediately, see, what you, what this is with the difference between me and, and you people is uh, Chaz is thinking about the numbers. You're thinking about how they're going to play. I'm already in nickname mode. <laughs> I'm already, I'm already going to mention to the cheer squad, we need a big uh, banner behind the goals, get out of harm's way. <laughs> Wayne. <laughs> Wayne Harms, yeah, there's something in there. Caulfield, I'm thinking Mr. Coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't there a paint company that do they're called Harms? Is it? Harms? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but it's got to be something in that. Yeah, I mean, do, do you also bring in? Let me ask you this, Boydie. When you bring in a player from another team, do you keep their nickname, or is it sort of on the club to come up with their own? Nah, it's mo- especially if they're a bit older. Like he'd be, what would he be? Mid to late twenties. He's, I think, twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Is he my age? No, maybe he's... I don't know. Anyway, I don't remember him being for my draft, but um, yeah, so he's older. So he'd, he'd have a nickname that's very established. But I tell you what, I, I texted both of you earlier. When I heard Jack Billings was up, because I was drafted with Jack. Jack mm. was picked three in my draft. Mm. And I was like salivating, thinking about someone who can kick the ball inside 50, <laughs> kicking it to J, yeah, to JUH and, uh, yeah. and Naughty. Like, with that has been our Achilles heel for so long. And the yeah. and like it's not so I used to solely blame it on the way we play footy, which is certainly a big part of it. The chaos ball, yeah. And we play such an erratic style of footy, and we've always played sort of you know push forward rather than you know work through. Um, but Bond could still find targets, so yeah. if he can do it, it's, it's got to be it's, you know it's outlier. A, it, yeah, he's an outlier. Don't <laughs> get me wrong, but like 
We've got a few players who can kick in there, but having someone who plays wing half forward, like, oh, that would have been nice. But he's going to our hearts, Nemesis, unfortunately. Well, yeah. I, I got bad news for you, and that is Harms is not a great kick, and Caulfield is a bad kick. Yeah, so actually, I, I, I did speak to a Saint-supporting friend and yeah. he's gone, hasn't played for a couple of years, so no one really remembers, uh, was supposed to have taken the next step in pre-season 2022, then did his knee. So I yeah. don't know, So we're going to draft a pick for a small forward. Wayne, uh, Wayne Harms, nice. nice. <laughs> Wayne, it's so it's just Wayne. <laughs> James Harms, is already, he's a small forward too. Like I watch well, he's, most kind of a, he's kind of a mid-forward. He's kind of, I'll tell you what he is, he's Riley West. So if he plays instead of Riley West, I will be absolutely spewing. <laughs> that, yeah. That's what he is. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Um, just going back to the nickname, you saying James Harm is. Do you know the? Do you guys remember uh, the World Cup? I think it was uh, twenty. 18, there was this, oh, 2014, there was a, a Colombian striker called James Rodriguez, but he was called James Rodriguez. Mm. <laughs> James, James. That's a tough one to spit out after you've run 14 k. Oh, I'm not saying the players call him that. I'm just saying the, the fans just go James, James. Actually, no, we can't call him James. That's probably bad in this current political situation. <laughs> Let's well, go back did, to Wayne. How did we go from South America to the Middle East in <laughs> one word? That's the question I want to <laughs> Very versatile. Yeah. But that, yeah, yeah no, Harms is a kind of, he's kind of a mid forward. Like, it, you know, I mean, yeah, we kind of just play everyone in mid forward these days. Oh, yeah. Like, this is. Yeah, everyone, just, everyone who's not in the good graces goes to yeah. mid forward. But look, mid forward has been the place that good players have gone to die forever, right? In 2014 at the Giants, that's where every single midfielder who couldn't get a game in the midfield in the ones played. And guess what? No matter how good they were in the twos, they'd have 38, kick four, and they'd end up playing two X in the ones, get 15 touches a game and get dropped because it's so hard to play. So instead of drafting midfielders to play mid-forward, why don't you draft mid-forwards to play mid-forward? Because there are some great ones in the league, you know. I think like... Yeah, Jack. Well, I mean, Jack's had an interrupted run, obviously, but Jack is one of the true half-forward wingers in the league. Who can actually kick the ball? Look, we don't need we don't need any more people to win any more football. We have more disposals most games in our yeah, teams good point. that we play against. We need blokes who get less touches and more do more with it, more efficiency. Yeah. Which again, I'm not potting the club for doing what they've done. And look, it doesn't sound like many clubs took big steps forward this um, this trade period. So my assessment of that is. There was stuff all out there, and we did what we could with it, and we're going to the draft to try and find a couple of gems. That happens, right? Yeah. Yep. But having said that, what, uh, James Humps is not a bloke that I watch going, he's a clean player. No. He's erratic. He's always been erratic. Like a lot of those Melbourne half-forwards are kicked into the opposition a lot, you know? Totally. And and, and Caulfield, Caulfield even more so. <laughs> Caulfield is a real dump kick. He's He was slow to begin with, and then he did an ACL on his calf. So I don't think he's going to be quicker now. I feel so t- – Chaz, that was too mean. That was, <laughs> Save it for the Patreon. Is, that, is like, that is like inside the uh, inside match committee sort of stuff <laughs> where you're sitting there and every player just becomes a name on a whiteboard. He's shit. He's shit. Slow, no, no, no. I was about to say enough. something positive about him. I was about to say something positive about him. But I was just – yeah, okay, it, tell us something. He was pick eight for a reason. It's not like he doesn't have talent. What was that reason? Because you didn't name any of it recently. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a good mark. He's a good mark. How and big he's, is he? got, he's got good composure. How big? But just, if we're going to play him as a small, as, as kind of a medium back, which is what we're talking about, then I, I, I would have thought as a medium back that that's not what we're looking for. How, like big, how big is he? 
He's 191. It's correct. That's wow. not a bad hype. You're good. What what stats have you got up, Chaz? Or are you just no, got have you noticed his eyes darting to the screen behind his screen? Yeah, but I figure that's just his ADD. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't have his, his height there. I just remember it. But I mean, but I'll tell you who else is 191. Where'd you get him from? Hey. is 191. So I just think to myself, okay, all right, once again, who are we like? Do we rate the players we've got or not? Why? Why? Here we go. This would be. I'll put it to both of you because I obviously have logical thoughts about this. But um, <laughs> what? So, Chaz, to you first. Why do you think we've done what we've done in this trade period? I th- the, well, if, in, in the, the most charitable the, way, the, the, the top one. Well, as in like taking the three or four major moves that we've made. Okay. Why are we like? If we're thinking positively, what is the strategy here that's going to win us a flag in the next three years? Um. I, well, I think I think that we are just assuming that the that the midfielder is going to keep on rolling on, and that they're good enough to get us there, and that we know we're about to. We know that for the first time, we've got the forward line and the back line sorted out. Like the uh, like the we've got plenty of tall backs now, plenty of tall forwards. We've got we're, like we're, if if everyone keeps on performing the way they have in the past, and everyone else comes good, then that's how we win our premiership. I think that's what they're thinking. But I just think that's too optimistic. You, I mean, you, like Johannesson is not going to keep on performing as he has in the past. Like, you know, like, like people are going to drop off. You know? So I think that the I think we are very optimistic in my view. Daniel, <laughs> well, as the least logical person in this room, <laughs> and the most emotional, and also the most optimistic, what <laughs> we have done here is uh, Bev- the new assistant coaches have come in. They've had a word to Bevo, and they've identified players who will nail chaos ball and the yep. the game plan that we have and they are the perfect skeleton keys to fit into this amazing lineup that we have and Bevo's playing 4D chess and he has uh, deliberately underperformed the last two years so we can come out like in 2015 shock the entire competition and finish and begin the dynasty <laughs> begin the dynasty that's everyone was just saying we needed Caulfield everyone was saying that <laughs> um, we signed the back coach from West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because, yeah. I actually have heard good things about him, so that's good stuff. Well, look, it's not like West Coast had a bad defense system. Like, they, no, they, they had they've had great a solid defense. defense system for a long time. Well, and they fit into Bevo's structure because Adam Simpson had the same one that he pulled from Hawthorne. So that's a good. I actually think oh, it's okay. Right. Well, I, who else have we signed? So I've got my opinions on it. That I'll make it sound good. Um, who else did we sign? We, we haven't. We've got obviously Brennan Gale still there. Bevo's Brendan there. Gale. What? No, no, no. Uh, he means Brendan Lade. Brendan Lade. Lade. <laughs> that was close. I told you I had three schooners before this. I'm still trying to sort through the names. Um, Brendan Lade, Bevo, uh, this new guy whose name is... Uh, Harms. Pratt. Harms. No, sorry. No. Not Harms. <laughs> Not Wayne. Um, Pratt. Pratt. Yeah. yeah. Who is the... So I, from a background point of view, in terms of where he's come through the footy ranks, it makes so much sense to me, so that's good. Okay. Have we got anyone else? Have we signed any other coaches? This is the problem. I'm not aware that we've signed anyone else. I don't think so. We've lost Rowan Smith, Mark Webb, Travis Varco, and Matt Innes, who's our fitness guy, mm-hmm. and we've replaced replaced them with Daniel Pratt. So that's where we're at so far. And we... Well, we, we might... There's rumours we'll get Stewie due. Uh, that would be good. Know. That would be good if we could. Look, my sense is getting – so I thought – so my thoughts were – understanding was that Brendan Lade was supposed to do that role. But it doesn't sound like that anymore. It sounds like they're trying to hire someone. They'll pay to to be the senior assistant. Yeah, yeah, I I saw – that's what I'm saying. It sounded like they changed their tune. So I I, I think having strong, experienced personalities around Luke is going to be good for us. Like I really, really do. 
And mm. I think it'll bring, hopefully, if they've got the, you know, uh, what would you call it? I was going to say the stones, but it, it's not really the stones that they have. It's more like... The balls? Is this what well, you the, mean? Yeah, the, the balls, yeah. The, stones. the stones. The stones. If, yeah, but I'm just trying to think. It's probably not the... If they have the confidence in their own understanding oh, of the I, game... I can help you. The gumption. The gumption. The wherewithal. The, yeah, that too. A bit of both. The gumption and the stones to stand up and say, hey, this would be better this way. Or this doesn't make sense to me. Can you explain it to the head coach? I think that's going to be really good for us. But at the same time, I just – when are we going to hire these people? It's not that much – like the merry-go-round stops in about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the chairs have been – you know, all the musical chairs, if you use that analogy, have already been filled. This is this is a concern. This is what I was going to bring up as well. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm concerned about this. Because if you think about it, I feel like – I mean – I. Boy, I throw to you on this one, but I, I feel like that since 2021, we haven't we haven't replaced King and Hanson yet. I, like I really feel like they were really, really well respected assistant coaches. There's one more which I've forgotten off the top of my head. Gia. There were three that we lost in, in short time. Corey. I feel like we've been treading water since then. Yeah. Oh, look, I think the coaching disposition or complexion in the last two years since that moment has been wildly under inexperienced. Um, you know, Webb had come out of, you know, the I think he came out of the waffle, completely yeah, different ball game. We've got Spanger who's come out of, you know, basically playing three or four years ago. Varco's the same. Like, you don't learn to be a confident player in the first two to three years. It's, the, it's probably twice as long as a coach. Like, to be able to stand up after you have to have the experience as a head coach at a lower level usually to go in there and say, hey, head coach, that makes no sense. Why are we doing this? I think we should do this. This is a great idea. Take it or leave it. And actually provide um, options to the head coach around what you can see that he can't. Because every head coach will tell you that they're absolutely dove into the detail. They've watched all the film. They've done all the plan, And it's true. But if you go into a – it's like – they call it the detective's curse, right? If you go in looking for an answer, you'll find it no matter what you're looking at. But you can pick and choose the stats that will back you up, yeah, yeah. pick and choose the vision that will back you up, and it will make sense in your mind. Unless someone's going at the initial stages, why are you going – why do you think this is the answer? Why do you think this is the right thing? I saw something different. I think that this is a better option. And equally, we need to have three teams that play within underneath the one head coach, right? The backs, uh, forwards and mids Mm -hmm. should be their own ecosystem of players. And back to the question I asked both of you, if I was going to position this as how, like if I was being ultimately optimistic, this is what I'd say. We have got young players who are extremely talented at both ends of the ground. We've got a back line that looks like on paper it could be something incredibly special in the next three or four years, and our forward line is probably a year away. The optimistic view would be we can rely on our midfield to turn out an A-grade performance and put us back in the top four best midfields in the comp next year, and our backs and uh, forwards are going to take the next step and become units that we can rely on. So really what we need is we need four or five players that can play the play roles for us around the ground so that instead of having five or six guys every week like we did this year who frankly weren't up to it, we're going to have only maybe one or two depending on injuries. That's the best, most charitable way to look at it, I think. Sweet, sold, okay, locked in. We've got the premiership. Excellent. I'm feeling good about life again. Thank you, Tom. Uh, like, it's, not a, it's not impossible. 
It is not impossible. <laughs> I, and then, look, it, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you an optimistic line, Danny. Here's an optimistic line. I love it. If Please. we hadn't screwed up at the end against West Coast and Hawthorne and GWS on our home field, we would have been top four. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, like we 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 did not. We weren't that far from being really good this year. We really weren't. I know we end up missing out, but that was because we lost games we really shouldn't have lost. Exactly. And yeah. I think Bevo tanked in those games just so we could get pick four and Caulfield. I, I, I'm going to stuff up this um, this uh, rhyme, but I think it's something like if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all be in for a great Christmas. That's yeah, yeah. a bit like what yeah, I'm yeah. hearing here. If the pig, if the pig flew, flew four times in the last four weeks, we would have won the flag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, if your auntie had nuts, she'd be, she'd be your uncle. I, yeah. I, I get that. And, and, and I, th- I, think, I think my – the time of my of what I've been saying during this podcast is pretty clear that I'm not optimistic, but I'm just being fair here. Yeah, there yeah. is there is an optimistic read out there. It's not it's not unavailable. It's just I'm naturally pessimistic. Yeah, that's true. All right, we should wrap it up soon. We yeah, are going to be um, recording a bonus Patreon episode where uh, Boydie's going to go off tap and uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, well, you and Jazz are going to go off tap, and I'm just going to you know feed in some insight. Well, look, and let's also, if anyone uh, wants to join the, the Patreon, it's only five uh, bucks a month. You get a lot of episodes. There are higher tiers where you get uh, like Boydie's book. Uh, you get uh, some stubby holders from me. We have the bulldog, um, the finals. You get ABC iView. Um, you get a free. <laughs> I view account uh, and, and all the way up to um, you, we will mow your lawn uh, if you put in enough cash. Yeah, Metropolitan Melbourne, not within, not, not further than fifty k's from home. No, nah, no, nah, we'll th- I'll, th- I'll come to your house. You got to, you got to fly me, Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll come mow your lawn. It, we, and we're heading into the dark days of summer from a sporting point of view. So oh, yes, we, um, you should sign up. It'll, oh. ke- it'll keep you going. And we did want to point this out. Just we're going into the dark days. Um, Chaz, what other sports teams do you follow apart from the dogs? Do you have any other passions out there? Uh, cricket and footy are my two two sports. So I, I'm following the, the World Cup pretty closely. Okay, but so we were looking for a team that the the Danny Boyd uh, Bulldogs Army could get behind over the summer months. Like uh, you know, just one that has a very bulldogsy sort of feel. Maybe someone in the NFL. Um, we put oh, this to okay. the Patreons. Got a few suggestions. Uh, the obvious ones are people like uh, Leicester City who were rubbish and then won it in 2016 and went back to being rubbish. Uh, you've got, uh, Cleveland Browns. Who've got Cleveland like Cavaliers. No, the Cleveland, Browns. No, they're in the basketball. Yeah, Cleveland Browns who just signed some bloke to the highest ever paid uh, guaranteed contract who had like 70 different counts of inappropriate behaviour with masseuses. Oh, True story. That ain't us. It was like, and then signed the biggest $239 million guaranteed. Oh, yeah. After. After it already happened, I don't think I'm going for that team. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's other options out there. But if even if and the more obscure the better. If there's someone in the uh, Belarusian second division that we can jump behind just for the summer to get us through these I dark think days it needs of summer, to be close enough to relevancy. Okay, a, a good. Well, a we good can mix. have a few. Yeah, Leicester City is the perfect example. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing all right in the in the, the second division. There, I'm 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 a, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan now. <laughs> have been for Man. two months. I've got to say, it's really easy. We're top of the league. Don't know what all those Spurs <laughs> fans were complaining about. So uh, please uh, suggest it. Uh, let's keep the dialogue going while we get to the draft. Also, if you want to get into the draft, I want to plug uh, my friend's website, draftguru.com. It's an mm. absolute database. You've ever gone on it, Chaz? It's perfect for you. It's, I have. 
it's, it is good. It's all of the trades, all of the picks, all of the clubs. It is just everything you want to know. You could easily, if you're a footy nerd like me, you could lose an hour. If you're a footy nerd like Chaz, you could lose three weeks. <laughs> yes. Just scrolling through it. it so I recommend all this. Oh, and uh, my play, Shakespeare Ghostbusters, opens on Halloween uh, for people in Melbourne at the Motley Brow House. Uh, I know it's it's very different to a footy podcast thing, but damn it, I need... We've got kids to feed, so come yeah, on. Yeah, and look, it. if you're bored and you feel like your cricket club needs a couple of you know stooges to come out and talk oh, yeah. football or sport in general, Danny and I will come out and waste an hour and a half of your time, raise some money, and you know, hell yeah, it'll be great. We'll talk about how we both won the premiership. Me well, the I did banners. play cricket in year six. Uh, it was terrific until we got to district, and then I got bowled out straight away. And I watched Warney take his seven hundredth wicket. Or 600th. It's, a, it's a resume that you can't turn down. <laughs> <laughs> and Chaz, uh, your show, how many more episodes to go? Uh, it's well, it's finishing tonight, so right. don't worry about that one. Plan America is going to be on two two shows a week f- from next week onwards. So if you like American politics, that's where you go. Man, it is. Man, if you yeah, you're the dark days of of summer. You want sport? Check out the Republican Party. They are just <laughs> that's a blood sport. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you. We'll talk to you in a, in a few weeks uh, and uh, join the Patreon if you want to hear real opinions. Go dogs. Give my childhood to that role Of the red, white and blue sea And the knowledge that you had to love The bulldog boys and me Twenty years on, I feel that longing Hanging in September air But the reason I go every week Is to pretend you're still there They will find the glory one day And I will throw it at your feet It's a long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets Long, long road they're running for you The dogs of Footscray Streets <laughs>